Hello, hello, everyone. It is another episode of Krakoa Radio. It is me, back, back, back at it again, your host, the wise one, beautiful house of, uh, I'm sorry, uh, where am I? Table night. Table night, this is where I am. Table night, in the secrecy, behind the scenes, it's me, Just X Henry, with my fellow host, Black Word. Her at table dusk with the baddest pussy in the council. Um, the pretty one, the, the illustrious one, the sophisticated one. He who stands is me, Stephen. Hi. My other host, the wind god, Vontae. What's up, the regent's here. And <laughs> the legendary, the, the wee connoisseur, the magical one, the taste of all tastes. His joy. The top horse. Right. <laughs> Dr. Showtime, give it up, give it up, Dr. Showtime, give it up, give yes, it up. Yes, 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 um, your representative of Table Day, the top representative of Table Day, um, the knower, um, the doer, the everything above all. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome all. Showtime on live while we are recording. I gotta ask you this. Are you the only strict top on the council? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wait, Vontae? I can't confirm that. <laughs> I said strict. I, strict. He said, yeah, he said, he said strict. And Vontae words mean things. He's not confirming or denying that. Yeah. He, I go whatever. I go wherever. I go wherever nature intends me to go. Same. Vontae, same. Fucked. <laughs> But let's That's be so clear. Interesting. Wait, wait, wait. That's interesting. So table night and table day are strict. But yes. table dusk and table dawn are vert. Oh, that's so wonderful. Look at us. Balanced. That's equilibrium mm-hmm. right there. Me and Vante are both on table day. We both on the same table. I thought Vante decided on me table dawn. Uh-uh. The, the regent sits on table day. Yeah. Girl, okay, I guess. And I, and I ain't leaving. <laughs> so we are confirming but not confirming that Vontae is a top you hear to hear first at Cocoa Radio mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. breaking news <laughs> breaking news from planet so we're clear I may be a strict top but this mouth is versus fuck I like this energy yes are you there? I'm, a, I'm, I'm just I'm not a, put my dick in nobody I'm a top with range. I have range in many things. And not just the elements. <laughs> oh, elements. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is X-rated as fuck. Right. Listen, <laughs> listen. Today, today the Twitter account Joe. went live. Today our Twitter account went live. We finally have one. Don't forget to follow us. Um, we have a very beautiful account with Destiny as our mascot for right now. We will change it. Giving suggestions, feel free to DM us at hello Krakoa Radio. That's H E L L O K R K A R A D I O on Twitter account. And you know, just DM us anything, ask us any questions, uh, submit suggestions. And if you have any like suggestions on a circuit party, I might take into consideration, but also keep it cute and respectful. Respectful. We love you. We maybe love a you. little, maybe a little slutty if you want to, just a smidge, a smidge. We love you, but keep it cute and respectful. 
everyone's single except for uh, Henry. So, you know, mm-hmm. go ahead and, you know, shoot your shot. <laughs> These niggas accept nudes. I'm just saying. Nude, nudes of all kinds, front and back. Right. Who doesn't like a pretty penis? Would if it's we pretty, accept- we'll look at it. Some people, Black some tops this, huh? Blackbird is really horny today, child. <laughs> no, I'm always like this. Have we have we not decided? We we are in. Let's. What's the first topic, Henry? Now we will talk about topics. As you say, <laughs> it's glad that your penis across every fans, uh, every one of our listeners' foreheads. They love uh, it. T- today's show, <laughs> we are doing. <laughs> Uh, Wolverine number 18, uh, X-Men number 5. We are going to read the fuck, courtesy of Showtime, of uh, X-Force Killshot, and we have our lovely sucker party that is going to be led by our also fabulous Dr. Showtime. Uh, so where we go first? X-Men, you want to you take it? Uh... Oh, you know oh, or do, or, wait, 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 first. Or, wait, or do we want to read Rob Liefeld first? Well, we can all, both feel so exciting, aren't they? Bitch, I can right. do it anytime, anywhere. Let's go. Okay, we we can do an X Force kill shot featuring Doctor Showtime. Uh, friend, take it away because you don't want to read that shit or even looked at it. Uh, bit I glanced red, at it, but it, red was, what, was being the... generous. Fuck, it was so bad. So first and foremost, I'm not even gonna go through the plot because Rob Liefeld didn't go through a plot, so fuck that. Um, also. This motherfucker has been drawing and writing comics for God knows how fucking long, since the goddamn 90s, and still can't figure out how to draw an anatomical, uh, anatomically correct body. What the whole fuck? Why are your titties on the left side of your body, but you have no chest on your right side of your body? What is that? What is that? I don't know. Also, why are we bringing back the mystical, magical, we don't know what the fuck he is, son of Cable and Storm, What the... Major X, keep that shit dead. Dead. Dead as Lazarus, dead. Stop trying to make Shatterstar straight. Why are we doing this? Rob Liefeld can choke. And I dragged that motherfucker on Twitter. He had, because I just said, I just don't like this motherfucker's art. And I'm allowed to fucking say that and and feel that way. This motherfucker gonna hop in my mentions because he he searched his goddamn name trying to get spicy in my mentions. And my only response back to him was, this you with an image of one of his comics that got published. This motherfucker let, can't draw, but he an artist. What is this? And let this be a public service announcement to all you fucking artists on Twitter. Because it's twice in my lifetimes, and one is too fucking many, that I'm just talking about something, consuming it as a fan, and just looking at it, and me observing it as a fan of this genre and saying I don't like it, is not permission for you to come in and think you have a two cents in the, entire, in the entire situation. You don't have to. You can just go back to counting whatever money, whatever penny, pennies or ducats that Marvel paid you to shit on a page, smear it about in the general image of a person, and call it art. I don't know what you went to school for. I don't know if you started I, school anywhere. I will say this. If you were not added, if no one hit at your your username, keep it cute. Stop exactly. searching your names. I, we didn't you want to talk to you on some, purpose. You you know you must have some 
hard feelings about your own work if you have to search your own name to see what somebody else has to say about your work. Journey <laughs> exactly. for validation. I we are allowed to have, we're allowed to have opinions about your art. It only becomes disrespectful if we direct that commentary to you when it is not, it's not harmful. So if I just didn't like it, I'm allowed to not like it. I don't have to tell you that. Now, if your shit is trash, then I'm going to hit add and tell you. Just As a person who does not give a fuck about celebrities' feelings whatsoever, um, <laughs> I generally always add celebrities because I dare them to argue with me. But I think the thing that I think a lot of celebrities need to understand is that when you're in the public eye, and whatever your craft is, whatever it may be, people are entitled to critique the work that you do. Mm -hmm. The issue that I think the, the problem that I have in that exchange with celebrities is that I can critique you without dehumanizing you. I can say, I personally do not like the artwork of so-and-so. I personally do not like the stories of so-and-so. As me, me and, me and uh, Black World are both writers, you have, to be ex you have to accept critique. That's how you get better. And I'm not saying you have to do fan service like some, like some celebrities do by feeding their fans. But what I will say is that if you can't take criticism, that's fair criticism, not like, look here, you ugly bitch. Look here, you darky. Look here, you fat motherfucker. Then that's a whole other situation. Did you by all means read me to the nines, out me, get woke Twitter, all of my motherfucking mentions, do whatever the fuck you gotta do. But if I at you, because I'm going to, because I ain't scared, because you can't beat my ass, I say what I say. Period. Oh, I am a villain. That's why the table night hides in the back. I am a villain. But with that being said, it's like, you know, girl, Miss Rob Lightfeld, you know, you still out here growing, drawing these like these, these alien looking weird body. Girl, we're not in the 90s no more. Nobody wearing all the fucking pouches no more. The girls have streamlined their outfits. The girls are wearing Zara and H&M. No mm -hmm. one's wearing cross colors or FUBU anymore, Miss Rob Lightfeld. Your work is terrible. Look, you are like a terrible person. Uh, but you, you look are, like you're. Sis. But let's call it. He looks like his. If you ever look at his artwork and look at his face, they look the same. Yep. No one ever told him that people <laughs> are beautiful. Never like look for real, even if and he that, is not. And, and that is. But I got beef. With, I got beef with this sis because you know she pushed out Chris Claremont. I have issues with that. Chris Claremont is my guy. I love me some Chris Claremont. He has made the X Men what they are. He's the reason why we have so many female X Men characters. He is legendary. He changed the whole landscape, but he pushed some of my girls out. And we don't like that. We don't like that. Listen, listen. We can criticize just, Chris Claremont. Just, I think Chris Claremont is one of those authors, one of those creators who was like, yeah, people criticize you for this. Honestly, they have a point. Because <laughs> Chris Claremont is a girl who look at it and say, I know my speak work speaks for itself. And sometimes right. having my work speak for itself means that it says a lot about me, who I was and what I was doing at that time period. And not all of it was fantastic. I right. don't like '90s Chris Claremont whatsoever. I won't even read it. And that's fair. That's fair. That's valid. And that's fair. and that's completely fair. But we we also have to look at it from a different like that was a different time period. So how we write how things are being written now is not how things were written back then. Nobody took certain things into consideration where they thought they were making valid points or you know something like that. Like they were really. Dropping the ball. <laughs> like when Chris they had, Claremont, like, 
Yeah, because he had Kitty Pride saying, for instance, he had Kitty Pride um, saying the N word, and I get what like the exchange that she had with that black man. I get, I get what she was trying to say, but she shouldn't have said the N word. Period. You know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like an exchange where you know, oh, so you know, you're you're coming at me, calling me a mutie. What if I came at you calling you the N word? You know. So that he he should have kind of he he could have censored that and did that a little bit better. That's just like one example. But I mean, it was a it was a different time period. Not saying that that's an excuse, but Chris Claremont is one of those writers who's really big on people. Like his main issue, and it's a very valid issue. I think as a creator, I would have the same feelings. Is that no one should be writing his characters. Because none of these people that's been writing the characters in his legacy have done anything new. And he's really big on that. And he was like, it's the same white people, same white men, actually honestly repeating the same exact mistakes that I did. Um, I, I listened to Cerebro, you know, shout out to another podcast, not black owned, but really respectful, really great work. And, you know, catch me on there eventually um, talking about specific other characters, not gonna spoil it, you know, stay tuned. Uh, but in that podcast, um, they talk, Connor talks about Chris Paramount saying to his face that I do not like whoever, I don't pay attention to whoever's writing X-Men right now. They shouldn't be doing it. And then Connor was like, oh, it's a woman. And then Chris Paramount was like, oh, actually, that's the perspective that hasn't been done yet. Yeah, show me it. I'll check it out, actually. That's a very different kind of perspective. And that's a perspective I respect because I do understand that point of view. Um, but in regards to this motherfucker live field, um, Roxanne Gay says, Roxanne Gay and DJ Older, both of them say, and something I agree with, reviews are not for the author, they're for the audience. You don't always have to add us into it. You don't have to make it into a beef. It doesn't have to be a drama thing. You saying out loud that the review or the work has nothing to do with me uh, at all, and I shouldn't get involved. I'm not going to search my name and look for a review and like, try to drag you. That being said, you shouldn't be adding me as audience members in the review. They can do that if they want to. I don't have to respond to it. But you trying to dry snitch on people online to create an inflammatory moment is ridiculous. And Rob Liefeld, you are you are like to your core a pussy. Um, I'm gonna say it out loud and I'm gonna stand in it because I do not like you. I don't respect you. I don't respect comic writers like you or comic authors like you. You create a mythos and a legacy around themselves in regards to these characters without being respectful or even having a perspective on it that is at all cognizant of the things you're talking about. You are known for writing about these characters who are mutants, but you somehow in some way have completely erased the entire legacy and the meaning of what these characters are supposed to represent. And for that, you are a piece of shit. Because let's yeah, be honest, the, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, because if you want to be real about it, you're making more moments trying to drag everybody for a review than you're making moments with your work. Because so. let's be honest with the characters that he's been co-creator on, Fabian Nasisa writing them is what made them interesting. That's it. They wouldn't be shit without the writer on there. We didn't give a fuck what they fucking look like because you're right, your art was ass. Fabian Nasisa is who made those characters popular enough for us to want to keep them around. We're just going to be honest because it's not the art. That's why then your shit canon. It is you don't write. Out. Remember when I was talking about that Squidbillies type of artwork? Just give me mm. that. 
we live in the squidbillies or the oobalons. I know y'all remember that one. <laughs> Down in the valley where the chemical spills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Woo. But with that being said, um, I'm not sure we can chop to you any more than what we've already done. So let's just put you on a list that's called Never Again. Stop trying to do it. Maybe come up with something original on your own. Um, so that way we don't have to pay attention to it. Right. Because the last thing I'm going to say, I'm going to add one last thing. Chris Claremont's work may not have aged well, the stuff he did in the beginning. Rob, your, your work has never aged past the day it was printed. Furthermore, to the point, Rob showed you girls how to do that thing and what needed to be done by coming back and doing Extreme X-Men and wore you girls out. Now, can Rob Liefeld do an Extreme X-Men? No, he could not. Mm-mm. All Mm-mm. right. Next topic. Next case. Okay. So, wait, is that copyrighted? Right. I don't think it's copyrighted. Let's just move on. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's so, some Kaya. Fuck Kaya. I'll listen. I'll cut the acknowledgement, but I ain't cutting Kaya shit. We love you, T.F. Madison. Uh, we love we T.F. Madison. We do love We her. love you, Maddie. Love you so much. Are we, are we doing Wolverine or are we doing X-Men next? We're going to do uh, X-Men next. Oh, okay, do you want to do Wolverine? We could do Wolverine first. You can go ahead. Okay, okay, we get this. Okay, let's get this. Get this. Get this. Okay, so Wolverine number sixteen was—I mean, no, I'm sorry, number eighteen was actually enjoyable. I actually like ripped through it. I was like, "Oh, this is getting good." So apparently, last issue, Maverick is a double agent. He's trying to get the guy. Um, his name is, I believe, Jeff Bannister, who has some secret device that is Krakoa Tech, and he got it from a lady named Dolores Ramirez, who works for the X-Desk, which is a organization which spies on Krakoa. He realizes he's on a run. He goes hide. He hides inside of this, like, motel with his daughter. And before he gets back to his room, he's, in, he's, he's intercepted by Maverick, having a basic conversation. Maverick trying to be all his friend and shit, like most hateful-ass fucking spies. But then he's go back to the room and realize that Wolverine is in the room with his daughter. He's like, oh, everything's good. Everything's cool. But before you know it, behind them, there someone throws in a grenade where he jumps in, covers it, and tells them to escape while Maverick and his um his black app his black ops organization called the Mercs comes in to seize the information from Jeff. Jeff hops out, goes to a trailer, I'm sorry, a tra- a tractor trailer truck, takes the truck and drives it through the fucking motel, gets Wolverine, and they make their escape. Mavericks in hot pursuit with the Mercs and Wolverine calls to save. There's a we about to hit through a Krakoa tunnel. So we hit the tunnel, close it. They get through the tunnel, they make it down to Forge's arsenal, and they give um Forge the um the piece of Krakoa tech, which is something that Forge made. And him and Wolverine have a conference like, girl, you're going out here making shit. You gotta put a fail safe or self-destruct or something in your shit. This ain't cool. Um then at this point, Jeff is like, we need to get revenge because they try to kill my daughter. Nobody trying to kill my daughter. I don't like that. We need to go ahead and re- we, we need handlers like gentlemen and grab who need to go after. So Jeff returns back to the diner where he, where he saw Dolores Ramirez that had a conversation with her. Like, look, you try to kill my little one. I don't fuck with that kind of shit. Like, you got to be with me, bro. Bring it to me. Don't bring it to my kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep, keep the kitty thing out your mouth, Sheree. Keep the kitty thing out your mouth. So, Nene and Sheree Whitfield are sitting down in the diner talking about this whole situation, him trying to mess with the kid. 
And Dolores is like, girl, I didn't send nobody. I'm sorry. I know I ain't shit for that. <laughs> Dolores is like, I ain't send nobody to kill your kid. I ain't send nobody to kill your kid. And, so, and he said, well, he's starting to cry. You know, you about to cry. It means you about to fight. And so before he can get up and pop her, we don't, we, we don't, we don't hit the women here at Control Radio. Somebody, especially women in wheelchairs, that's out of line. Um, someone shoots through the window and injures her. The whole time, Wolverine sitting in the background, like, you know, like a thug, just watching. Because, you know, Wolverine, see, Wolverine's a real man. Let me tell you, let me talk to y'all niggas real quick. Wolverine's a real man. Because when I got problems, if they not sitting in the background, ready to jump, that nigga don't love you. He's up a new man. Uh, so he shoots the Lord, the Lord hits the ground. It was it was Maverick sniping. Then it becomes a, a battle between Wolverine and Maverick and these mercs. Apparently, one of the guys that was involved um, is from a few issues back, and they are from they are from the Legacy House. Legacy House was that place where they would sell Wolverine. Someone had one of Wolverine's hands was animantium skeleton of his wrist all the way up to his hand. And was like, oh shit. Um, sorry, dropped my phone. Um, was basically like, okay, y'all niggas behind this, y'all want war. So basically, Maverick was hired. This is fine, but we got beef. But well, but Maverick it ends up getting the control device back. But they went they went ahead and switched the device with some other like Johnny Cash karaoke. And now Maverick is sitting there with the guy who runs Legacy House and shit about to pop. Um. That was how the issue ends. Wolverine's on the beach with Jeff. I guess Jeff and his daughter are now live in Krakoa for their safety. I received that. There are other humans on Krakoa. Uh, North Star's partners are on Krakoa. Show goes on, on Krakoa. Brian Braddock is allowed to be in Krakoa. There are some humans who are allowed. He's one of them. So, thoughts, concerns, accusation? I just have a question first. Does sure. Maverick have his powers back? Yes, no. he does. Oh, wait, he does? I thought it was... He do? I believe he does because he was able to walk through the gate. Well, yeah, but, but not but depowered mutants can walk through the gate regardless. You just need an mm-hmm. XG. I thought they resurrected him. I don't know. Mm-mm, he hasn't it doesn't sound like he's been to the crucible. His ability is like luck or some shit, right? It's, like, it's kinetic absorption. Uh, it's a, a very weak version song. of yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, some of these mutants, they might as well just, because leave them up in the air, just say, devastation event hasn't happened. If you see them, they have their powers. That's what they just need to do. <laughs> so you see them, they got their powers back already, don't ask no questions. Just assume but, everyone's went through the crucible. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't know. Um, I'm about to look and see if his, uh, on that Marvel Wiki page, which is much better than uh, the Wikipedia page. They've been having all the answers and shit. Wiki, um, those motherfuckers be on it. They really, they've been having all the shit. It happens. Like, they already did it. Right. Like, literally, yeah. they, the all writers, some writers even admit, like, I use the Marvel Wiki for everything. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely use the, the Marvel Wiki as well. Because oh. if I don't know something, yeah, I'm like, maybe. wait, hold on, child. <laughs> okay, everybody's yeah, correct. Definitely. He does not have his abilities. It says, like many great heroes, like, like many great Earth mutants, Zero lost his Homo sapiens superior abilities as a result, as a result of the aftermath of decimation. Nord currently possesses no superhuman ability due to the events of M-Day. 
He's, he doesn't have anything. He doesn't have kinetic absorption, uh, his healing factor. He has kinetic energy conversion. And he has anti-healing factor, corrosive blast, and sense suppression. Yeah. He has soldier shit. That's the soldier power, he, like, set. He has the, the basic Weapon X set of powers plus yeah. <laughs> kinetic absorption. Right. So he basically, he just still can fight and whip ass. He just can't do anything mutant-wise. So that's kind of, that's kind of a good thing. Some of these characters like him, Maverick, and that's why I don't. I, I wasn't really dealing with this because it was like a full blown like this is some super soldier shit um, storyline in terms of Wolverine. Like they feel like the writer went into the room and said, "I want to use Cable and or Bishop," and they got told no, and so they made a character from scratch <laughs> who was basically Bishop and or you know Cable, and that's what Maverick gives me. Maybe right. a little bit of saber tooth sprinkled in. But you know, you get the vibe that it's going for. This is a Wolverine character. And they all ran Weapon X, so like it was kind of like good to see like somebody from his past. But then I'm really wondering what does this mean for Maverick and his future with Krakoa? Oh, this nigga's Because you almost killed a human. That means you get put in the motherfucking uh, the ground or whatever. Yeah, no, he's not Krakoan though. So he just, he's not subject to their laws. Well, no, he is. He walked through the portal, so now he is. Um, oh, it's like as shit. soon as you step through the portal, you're you're a citizen. And so he went there and he did that, uh, and he attempted to murder. Though, can we say that he pulled? Up, did he actually kill anyone so far? No. So no, he hasn't. He he's on thin ice basically. He's looking to do it. He's a mercenary. He's an assassin. He's going to kill someone eventually. But he used it just to get through. That's why I think it's it, it's interesting that this is the case where they decided that someone is not allowed to come back through the portal. Um, and I get that it's like X Factor bullshit. Oh, not X Factor, X Force bullshit. And then we're gonna we control laws. We make laws retroactively to protect this place. Um, but at the same time, I'm like looking at him like, then why do we make this case for other people? Right. That's a mess. But lovely issue. I actually enjoyed it for once. Like, I was like, oh, this is really good. I forgot what happened. I was like, oh, this is really good. Okay, Wolverine, send out my favorite book. Send out that girl. You should be canceled like mm-hmm. the rest of the books at, at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But you're doing okay, sis. Big cute, and that's all we really ask for Wolverine. That's all we can ask for. It so, needs to be a Laura book. Well, I don't, I'm tired of looking at Logan. Give us Laura, the Ken, that Jimmy nigga, Ray's, anybody. Anybody but Logan. Even give us old man Logan. He was more interesting than regular Logan. You know, he had trauma. You know, he was giving that little cowboy feel. I think that's the issue with Wolverine. They can't decide if he's a martial artist, if he's like a ninja, is he a spy, or is he a cowboy? You can't be all of them. That's like mixing too many genres. You know, that's bad gumbo. That's like, that's like, you know, cream cheese in the gumbo. You can't. <laughs> He's kind of like he's kind of like the he's kind of like the Roger from American Dad, but of Krakoa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and less sassy and less overtly queer. Exactly. <laughs> because he's not overtly queer, you know. You know, that's a, he's a bottom. I think we've all accepted the fact that Wolverine's a bottom. I think he's a verse bottom. He likes to top every once in a while. You know, he doesn't wow. like allow women to top him exclusively, but he likes you. Like Gene, 
Gene has exclusive tagging privileges and Storm. Wow. How do my people get in it? <laughs> so any wow. other observations about Wolverine and the Wolverine Nets? No, we can slide over the X we can slide over the X-Men. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So hello, it's me, your favorite. Um here to talk to you about a very interesting issue of X-Men. I like to say that X-Men doesn't have bad issues. This one felt very much character oriented because it was like one of those, so far they've been doing a thing where you have a monster of the week situation going on and they were, they use it as a framing device for one thing in particular, which is these characters. And then they move on from there. Um, this issue, I don't wanna say it felt weak. It did an important thing. I felt in terms of hilarious as a character, but we only really have five pages of the plot moving forward. And at the last issue, you kind of feel like the X-Men were going to go le like leap right into it, go straight to the plot, go up in space and go, girls, y'all been sending monsters to my neighborhood. That's my block. Um, so you're going to have to deal with us. You're going to deal with Rocco, And you know you don't want to deal with Rocco, So what's good? But instead, we got this. We open like almost, I want to say, immediately in the middle of the conflict. Sunfire holding down the line, last one standing, the Asian icon, the Japanese baddie himself. Um, if not Sink's man, Sink's potential, he, he'll be like you know, the best man at the wedding um, between Laura, if he can't also be the third. I think Laura deserves two boyfriends, but that's just me. Um, basically, those motherfuckers from the Marauders came back. They're the mercenaries, the Reavers, that's their name. The Reavers came back. They're, the, they're humans with cybernetic modifications to their bodies to do utter bullshit, to turn themselves into living weapons. They have created these tranquilizers that deactivate the powers of any mutant who's injected. And so they have taken out damn near the entire team. Sank out, uh, Cyclops out, Jean Grey out, all of them have been taken out. Sunfire tries to flame on and to beat their asses and then immediately also gets dropped. Um, the last person left who apparently hasn't been hit by a shrink is Polaris. She gets up, crawls over to our homegirl Jean and like always, Jean Grey passed the fuck out. Nothing new. Nothing new under the sun for my sis. You know, one thing she's going to do is take a nap. Faithfully. Every single time. Wow. Jean Grey loves a nap. Phoenix is only through three things. They live, they die, and they nap. That's it. That's all they fucking do. Even death. One prolonged nap. What has Jean been doing for the last 20 years? Napping. Not Jean Grey loves a nap. He loves a nap. All she fucking do is nap. I'll let you know when you're wrong. So Polaris goes over, sees her homegirl on the ground, KO'd, and she cares about the thing that actually matters in the situation. Her glasses and her fucking latte. I'm sorry, she had a flat white. Those things are expensive. So she stands up and starts animating Laura's body. Now, there's some debate on how she's doing this because Anyone who knows Laura knows that she does not have metal all through her body, or she isn't supposed to. Um, we know this is not her first body. This is a second body. She's already been dead once, so she, this is a resurrection. Um, so we don't know if her whole body got regrafted with adamantium, or if she's just manipulating the, the limbs with metal in them, or if she's just showing off that she's stronger than she used to be, and she's just bending her whole body. It doesn't matter. We're going to glean on over, on over that shit just to get to the plot. 
so we get the flashback of what happened during the election vote for who would be in the X-Men. Turns out Polaris never wanted to be on the team or be more honest in the situation. She was hesitant about being a leader. And this fits very well into what she was going through on X-Factor because she was offered the leadership role of X-Factor, but she turned it down because she didn't feel worthy of it. And so she elected Northstar in her place. Honestly, wasn't the best decision. I would have argued that Polaris should have led. But in this predicament, Jean Grey is not having it. She decides to do the thing that Jean Grey is known to do and is put her nose, her little telepathic fucking nose in business that is not her own. Uh, she decides to change Polaris' statement so that it is a proper nudge for people to choose her, and they do. Um, unanimously, oh, wow. she's elected after that. So, oh, wow. ladies and gentlemen, the X-Men are elected, and it's there's now a member on the team who didn't want to be there, and it's Polaris. Um, Oh, wow. And then we get a glimpse at Polaris's everyday life. As you know, Dr. Polaris has put in the work and gotten her degree. And I think it's geothermal physics. It's something it's to a be. It's a PhD in that, yes. Yeah, it's a, she has a PhD in geo, um, geothermal physics. And she's helping out at a nuclear power plant. Um, and, you know, just is doing badass science that she's making sure our nuclear reactor doesn't explode and she's taking control of the situation to make sure that it doesn't injure anyone. Um, and with the uh, proud star, she flies a nuclear reactor that seems to be going off. She wraps it in an electromagnetic shield and takes it up to the sun and throws it in there um, just to make sure it's taken care of safely. And it's one of those human moments for Pop, for uh, Polaris where it just takes, like, she's not just doing her job as a mutant, but, like, she's doing small things in important roles that don't look like to be heroics or are highly necessary. Um, I think that she was in Chernobyl when she was doing that, too, so it's, like, a historical thing as well. But we get a flashback to their fight in actuality, um, and we get to see a bunch of shit, like... Uh, Polaris gets a new pet doggy um, okay. who seems to be like just part seal, part, part terrier. It's really cute. Uh, she walks up to it and asks it if it's okay to make sure that it's not getting hurt. And then someone presses a button to knock it out. And Laura thinks that Polaris just attacked the dog and killed it. Um, sure. Calls her cold, rightfully so. And Laura is like, I didn't do shit. It's not me. Um, and so in this predicament where they're fighting, Polaris does something else cold and she starts to beat everybody's asses with Laura's body. Laura's unconscious body, she throws her around and starts hitting people with her and cutting throats with her claws. What the hell happened in this? Girl, I must mess up. See? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh no. Uh, so one dude uses a final flash, a solar, uh, solar flare move to blind Lorna, Lorna then reveals that there are two aspects to her power that people really often forget, is that she doesn't just manipulate electromagnetics, she can also perceive the world through it. And so she uses her electromagnetic spectrum vision to look at everyone, even while she's blinded, and then manipulates, I guess, the fillings in their metal and all aspects of metal in their body, from iron to fillings to the cybernetic implants, and just starts ripping them to shreds until Lorna, uh, Laura wakes up and starts beating their asses. 
Um, they resolve everything and they start arresting all of the Reavers. And Polaris walks up to Jean and asks her, why the fuck did she take away her agency and throw her on the team? Jean gives the same excuse she gives all the fucking time, which is, it was better for you this way, right? And <laughs> Polaris is like, you know what? Thank you. I have to forgive you for this or else people think I'm a mean person for being mean to you because you always have to be right, Jean. Um, and so Laura, Lorna then goes back and writes a letter to Northstar. And in this letter, she talks about potentially taking some time off from being an X-Man and going about some other business that doesn't seem to be listed here. But she recommends that it would be a good idea for Northstar to join the team. And then they move forward to the open letter to New Yorkers where they invite everyone to the park um, to hang out at the treehouse. They pass out food, they do telepathic therapy to anyone who's mentally unwell. They do a bunch of work and then old dude shows up, the reporter, Ben Ulrich. And he says like, oh, let's go away, Cyclops, get some privacy. Emma Frost is there and Emma and Gina are looking at it and going, it's cute that he thinks that getting distance from us will make us not hear what he's about to talk about. And then Emma observes that Ben Ulrich is a dangerous, ben, Emma Frost observes that he is a dangerous man. Jean thinks he's talking about Ben. Emma Frost is like, if you want to think I'm talking about him, that's that's true too. But in truth, she's talking about Scott as well. Um, a little bit of double speak, but then Ben reveals to Cyclops that he knows about the resurrection protocols, that he has proofs, and he offers um, Scott one more chance to kind of discuss on record or give the Krakoan perspective of the resurrection protocol so that they can go into the article because whether or not they want it, they're going to report on the resurrection protocols with Cyclops as a central figure about what's going on. We also cite Nathaniel Summers and a few other people as proof that there's a resurrection thing going on. Um, and someone else seems to be in the window watching the situation go on. And it's talking about watching Cyclops squirm in this predicament about being exposed for the first time as having cured death. And then the issue ends there. Thoughts, observations, uh, rude shade, mean comments. I'm so mad. First of all, let me preface by saying because Marvel is having distribution issues and I don't do digital comics. I only read uh, hard copies, like hand copies. Um, me and Vontae did not get this book in our hands. We didn't get a chance to look at any of this. So hearing it from like Steven, um, you gave a good gist. Of, a lot of shit happened. Okay. A lot so of shit much. happened. It's kind of easy one to forget because some of it you just. Mm -hmm. Sorry, one thing in particular is Jane needs to mind her damn business. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say <laughs> she definitely needs to mind her fucking business. She is Jean a Jean is, good for, Jean is good for outing people for um, all sorts of their inner thoughts. She did it to um, to Sissy Bobby. She's done it to other niggas. She just does it all the time. And you know, you would think with her having two niggas that she would have some type of business. And that still ain't work. Two niggas, a, but a house full of kids. Uh, she, and none she, of them are hers. None of none the children of them are hers. hers. Um, she teaches at the academy. She's in charge of all these telepaths. And she's basically the leader of the X-Men at the moment. And no business to mind. None of it. None. The the omega level 
the amalgam status in her being a telepath is just for her to be in everyone's business. That's it. That's it. That's all it is good for is for her to walk up into your head and talking about shit that you had no business even talking about. This is why I maintain that Emma Frost is the superior white woman telepath. White savior. We love white savior. Don't do my girl. Savior is among the greatest telepaths on this team. She's an icon. Um, we need to pose the question that maybe Astrid deserved it. Maybe Astrid Bloom deserved it. Maybe she kind she kind of earned it. She worked for it. Kind of deserved it. Question: we need her back, All Black though. Lives Matter. <laughs> joking, joking entirely. <laughs> the whole fuck. But a, a lot did happen this issue. It was, um, so I almost exclusively read digitally, but I also um, buy physicals as well. Um, so I wasn't impacted in the same way um, in being able to read this book. It, it was a lot, but I really, really appreciated that they went, um, they took the time to um, like, give Polaris like some breathing room to show that she had uh, grown over the course of the Krakoan era even um, from being on X Factor to then being on X-Men explaining um, that Jean was basically doing the it's better for you bullshit um, and then seeing that she is like out here having while she may not be the Omega level magnokinetic uh, that she is no slouch either. Um, so that it gave her uh, uh, um, some growth, and I would like to see where she moves forward. I feel like they need to set up a new program for that Omega level. Like, you know, Storm spent so long as a potential Omega level. You know, they they used to throw that in our face every single time we called her Omega. Because actually, the Wiki says she's just a potential. And it's like, that means that she is. It's just that no one wants to sit down and give it to her. <laughs> So I think that there should be some whatever hair parent situation. Because I'm like, what happens when Magneto dies? What does Omega really mean if the person who is meant to embody it is no longer there? I think, for one, that if Magneto ever decides that he doesn't want to be re-resurrected or he's retiring, that he should be able to hand it off to whoever is the next in line. Say, you know, if they need some gas filled out genetically, next time you resurrect them, just give them, just give them whatever makes me special. Just hand it over. They can have it. I'm completely fine with it. Because if anyone can live up to that reputation, I think Polaris, it's time for her to stop going by Polaris and just let her be Magneto. That would be a beautiful moment. Like In terms of people complaining about heroes passing on titles, I think the child who earned it the most, more than I want to say than Laura earned the right to be Wolverine, Polaris has earned a right to be Magneto. Like when she goes by, when Polaris and like the Wolverine and the X Men uh, animated series, when they got that time flash forward and Polaris is an adult and she's wearing her father's like helmet and his costume and people are calling her Magneto and stuff, I thought that was a beautiful moment because I'm like, I think she deserves it. I think she earned it. But I, I got the feeling in this issue, and I think when you two read it as well, that there this was a send off for Polaris. It felt very much a final conclusion. Um, to her story and like giving her kind of like the breathing I think maybe because they saw what happened with Prodigy in terms of shunting his storyline so I was saying that um, 
Polaris, it felt like a, this felt like a send off of Polaris because everything felt final. And I think in regards to Prodigy and what that backlash was with you guys shunting his storyline to the very edges of that of that book and then not giving it time for us to appreciate him as a character, any of his growth, any of his feats or what he could potentially have brought. I think this is their attempt to showcase multiple adventures, some of which we did not see at all in the page um, and giving him some reasonable application, uh, giving her some reasonable applications that we can say that she was on the team and that she did things other than be in the background. One. So, yeah, what do you guys think about Polaris? It did feel like they were sending her off. Um, I actually got a different uh, view from that. So I actually got that it was more, uh, so they had been doing for the first, well, not the first uh, issue, but the subsequent four issues, uh, an explanation for why each of these people are on uh, the X-Men. So I, it felt like they were setting up the setup for the continuation of the story of what they're going to be doing. Because to your point earlier, um, they have been giving very monster of the week, but I think that's sort of a set the story, set the stage for a bigger story. Mm -hmm. I don't know who else do we have left in terms of standing up and saying like this is why deserve is Cyclops, right? Cyclops is the only one, I, but I think he just got a pass just to be on the team because everybody well, else we, is at a reason. We thought that, but Gene was also one of the people who volunteered the existence of the X-Men, but Gene had to audition as well. And everyone assumed that she just got it, but she had to audition. Actually, I also think we still haven't seen Sync. So we have Sync, Laura, um, Cyclops. Laura, we got in that nightmare um, issue. Yeah, Wolverine talked about why she was admitted onto the team. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's just Sink and Cyclops, the leaders, the tactical geniuses of the team. Mm hmm. Hmm. Rose did stuff for a reason when she was going from Excalibur over to X Men, right? Did they address that then? Oh, oh, bro, bro I also. forget she on the team sometimes. Dear <laughs> Lord. Yeah, but Shit. I was like, I was like, she's also another one because I was like, I, I can't remember if it was during the Hellfire Gala that they said when they mentioned uh, Gambit taking care of the cats. I can't remember if they gave her a reason for joining the team or not. But Girl, I just be forgetting that she's there. <laughs> Me too. She Me don't too. make us <laughs> bring her up at all. She has no lines, no screen time, nothing. You know, if Rogue was a pound, she'd be the yellow one. Yeah, you see her punch a bitch occasionally, but you don't see so much. Which is the most least effective use of her powers at any given time. <laughs> they just use her as a powerhouse. That's all I need. Like, but I, that, that's the thing that like, I feel like that was so terrible about bringing Rogue and Polaris onto the team was that they already had ongoing things that were fine. I didn't have issue with her being Excalibur. I didn't have issue with Polaris being on, on X-Factor. Hope she doesn't leave the X-Men because there's no X-Factor book. Because I, I feel like Polaris still needs her time to be loved on. Um, but I but I think also thing that's kind of weird, too, is to say that, like, that Polaris got on the team due to, like, 
some psychic suggestion when it was an actual fan vote from the fans that undercuts mm-hmm. the whole point of that. That it manipulates really the do. vote. That really manipulates the vote. That doesn't really make any sense why they would say that. Stop saying everyone, stuff. Yeah, everyone else got this big reason. Like, Sunfire's reason was powerful. He was like, I, I've always fought for a reason, and I always fought for something bigger than myself. And I have let that blind me sometimes, but I think that I want to fight for Krakoa in a way that I thought I wanted to fight for Japan. And I'm like, that's beautiful. That's a way to get fire to Sunfire, who's a character who has been the most underserved, I want to say, in terms of everyone who joins that giant size issue. He has been like, he's been like turned into the angel of the giant size X-Men. And I'm like, you can't do that to him when Banshee's the one who actually deserves that. Ooh, that's sure unfair. Does. That is unfair. We like his daughter way more than we like him. <laughs> we like his daughter and we like his brother more than we like him. Exactly. The cop can go, all right? But Rogue, she was doing way better on Excalibur, honestly. she. I liked her in that they did a little, um, they did a circuit with the the Excalibur folks to find Betsy. That mm-hmm. was cute, where they involved Rogue and Megan and all the other because girls. They did interesting things with her power, as in her ability to absorb memories there. And the whole point of the Excalibur book is this long legacy memory and relationships between these forces that have almost completely alienated mutants entirely. I'm like, the the golden thing, I think I said this on this, on this panel, that I liked about Excalibur was always the fact that mutants have never actually done very well with magic. And it's like, why is that? Why do they suck about like going to battle? And like Apocalypse being the person going, well, actually, we should be way better. We're better at magic than just about anyone. We just get alienated from it because they know that we're better than the matter. And they're afraid of us if we got a hold of these systems. And now that we have our island and we can consolidate power, I'm taking that shit back. I like that. I like what Rogue meant in that um so i hope in some case that like the nightmare situation would have been a good point for rogue to take the lead and be like oh no i know all about this i absorbed all apocalypse's memory i know about magic i got this shit we're never going to see that though rogue gets turned into the strong girl even though she's not that she gives captain like not even captain america she gives a miss america right now in terms of like i just walk in i punch something that's all i'm here for should and i'm like that's that doesn't even feel like a good rogue. That doesn't feel like and a good rogue to me. Rogue has been interesting many other times. So, like, uh, was it X Men Legacy, where she mm-hmm. was partnered up on that team with Legion, and she was basically helping psychically heal his different personalities and sorting them out for him. Like that was very interesting. Where she lost all of her absorbed power, so she didn't have uh, Carol's powers, and she didn't yet have Simon's powers. Um, so she was just rogue with just her mutant powers and she was useful as fuck with just her basic power. Um, so you can write a good rogue story, um, uh, without, without having to make her the beat em up girl. Cause she was good at that in Excalibur too. Cause that's yeah, cause I really feel like they, I really feel like they try to give her that nineties aesthetic back and I mean, it's good to an extent, but it's like I feel like now it, we're we're kind of past that. So I, I would have liked to see her do something a little bit more interesting instead of just being just strictly a powerhouse. 
I mean, she could have, like we were saying, like she could have stayed on Excalibur. At least she was doing something creatively to an extent. And using her powers magically is perfect. It was genius. Yeah. And which I thought that they were going to kind of do when she kind of when she she kind of had that look like apocalypse i thought that they were going to mm-hmm. continue and roll with that a little bit more and then that was short-lived so i was like okay <laughs> it was it was literally just that one issue where she absorbed him killed him and then by the end of the issue she was back to regular rogue listen i think it would have been cool if she walks around with apocalypse in her head i'm like that would be dope if she walked around with apocalypse in her head like she had uh, what's his name? Mr. Wonderful? What's his name? The annoying one, the pacifist. Wonder Man. Wonder Man, yeah, that fucker. Yeah. Wonder Man and Captain Marvel used to be in her head. I would prefer it with Apocalypse. Just always there. That's like you should just that, kill these people, honestly. It's not yeah. against the rules. And that definitely would have been cool to see her in like see him in her head and then she performed some of the rituals that he was doing in the series. Like that would have oh, been like dope. now revisiting it with now that he's on Annette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Just give her some Monet moments, even. A little a little bit of Monet. Uh I'm actually a little bit crazy and I will kill everyone in this room if this isn't wrapped up now. <laughs> because I'm like, she's supposed to be the powerhouse. Let her be the powerhouse. Let it be known that we can handle this in a way that will devastate everyone here. Or we can handle this strategically. There are two options at any given moment. And it's just a race down a clock until a roll snaps. But cool. any other observations regarding X-Men? It was a very, a lot, a lot happened in terms of it. I honestly couldn't fit every small detail into this because it was so many nuggets of things happening. You're muted. I don't have any questions. I'm waiting. To, I'm waiting to read this myself. See what mess Jean did, um, but I'm good. She just passed out because her blood sugar was low again. Yeah, that's it. She don't keep sweet. Nothing new. Shit. You know that's probably the reason why we don't have any plus size telepaths. You know, being reading minds probably burn and being like in other people's business burns so many calories. <laughs> Take Rogue off the team. Put Blob on it. That's all I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Mm, I like that. So, it's our circuit party topic, and our circuit party topic this week is going to be... Go ahead, Steven. You do it. You introduce. So, this circuit party is going to be interesting. We had a special request from one of the finest members on our team, uh, Dr. Showtime. You take it from here. What's new in oh. your neck of the woods? All right, so our circuit party topic this week is actually X-Men Unlimited. It is a um, vertical comic, so it's just all vertically in one line, so it's not pages. Um, And it is hosted on Marvel's Unlimited app. It's their subscription app that allows you – this is not an ad, by the way. It's just their subscription app that allows you to read – uh, comics that are at least six months uh, uh, old or older, um, basically just for a flat subscription fee without having to pay for uh, each and every issue like you do on some other digital apps. Um, so they have been telling a story on there about 
Um, it initially started with uh, just explaining what Wolverine's sideline missions are when uh, Jonathan Hickman wrote the first, I think, four of them. That since has gone away because now Jerry Gary Dugan um, is writing it, and his story is focusing on uh, Nature Girl, uh, who um, they had rescued a turtle on the beach uh, on Krakoa, and that turtle had died because of um, plastic pollution in the ocean. And so she took that pollution, took a portal to wherever the fuck that pollution came from, um, went to the store and killed a man there um, under the auspice of um, protecting the uh, ecosystem because when you protect Earth's ecosystem, you're ultimately protecting Krakoa because Krakoa is part of Earth, Earth's ecosystem. Uh, she, because she killed a human, she goes on the run. Um, her powers um, advance, um, advance a little bit and um, she admits to wanting to protect the environment, even if that means killing off humans, um, because the uh, Earth's ecosystem is the only ecosystem she's able to connect to. Even when she went to Araco, she wasn't able to connect uh, to Araco's uh, ecosystem like she can on Earth. And so because Earth is her one and only home, she wants to protect it and human beings are destroying it. Uh, so she ultimately, uh, goes back to, gets captured by Wolverine and brought back to Krakoa and faces a trial and gets thrown in the hole, her and another mutant named Curse, um, who were, who met up while they were out. Um, they get thrown in the hole, um, so, but Krakoa objects, um, Krakoa, so Cypher is there speaking for Krakoa and objects, um, to, uh, her being sentenced because Krakoa believes that she was defending Krakoa, which is one of the three laws of Krakoa, defend this land or protect this land. Um, so there was a clash in the laws there and they still, um, punished, uh, Nature Girl and Curse, uh, for breaking that law. Um, and then the last issue, uh, the most recent issue, um, there is a spin to that story that I won't disclose, but, um, so I'm interested here in talking about uh, when the laws of Krakoa uh, clash with each other, who gets to decide um, what, what law takes precedent over the other, um, how do we explain defending Earth and being punished for it because you're defending Krakoa? It's, it's an interesting like, question because, you know, last... Uh... Last week we discussed my issue with like Orcas getting potentially getting away with that attack on Araco and how I desired Araco's laws to like kick in in regards to something like that because they are violating the laws which is protect this uh, broken land um, and how are those things interpreted which is like you know a place like Araco has a very um, conservative application of their laws. There is no reinterpretation of them. They're very loose and wild with it. Is the reason why someone sits on the council literally to interpret literally every single action someone takes publicly and asks the question, are they operating within it? And they are the in-all, be-all decision on if something is violating it. Um, versus Krakow, which seems to be quite literally interpreting their rules as they see fit. I'm sorry, I heard something weird in my room. Uh, interpreting laws literally as they see fit. And within all of that there's this overarching question of like are y'all justifiably applying it with a clear sense and a clear conscience 
destroy no human and kill no human rule is arguably the dumbest one on that list that they choose to apply because in all truth nature girl is right her powers is very intimately connected to the earth and how it is feeling engaging it it's very much like you know don't forget manifold manifold and how his power works with the cosmic level the universe and his health and his condition is as vital to him as his breathing or his lungs so it's someone like that seeing someone pollute especially as such a young girl would not be able to gauge it in a way that is fair to apply that law to her very much the same in all truth saber shouldn't be in the hole from the same reasoning is that his powers literally forbid him from acting in a way that counteracts his beastly instincts which is survival of the fittest if you need to kill them and they're in your way and they are threatening you that's danger take them out immediately he didn't have to do it he definitely didn't have to do it saber is insane but his power his mutant gift as they call it literally requires him to act in a certain way that will never be violated I just always think it's funny that they choose to apply these laws on Krakoa, like mad inconsistent. Um, kill no human, but X-Force can kill any humans that they want to. Okay, so then there's people who are above the law. Hmm. Yeah, which sounds a lot like a certain place that I know. <laughs> Is it in yeah. North America between Canada and Mexico? Hmm. <laughs> but in all honesty like I, I i don't understand how they punish her for that uh when really if she's defending if she's defending the land then i figured that would kind of like i figured that would kind of knock out the whole kill no human thing and then i also thought that if i, I felt like if krakoa basically is like you know if they have the final say so, why like shouldn't Krakoa have the final say so on that somewhere, somehow? I always think it's funny that they invite Krakoa to the, the council meetings and then when Krakoa speaks up and is like, uh nah, we not doing that, they don't listen. Like that's yeah, their whole that, purpose of being there. Yeah, I mean like you living on this motherfucker, like how are you just gonna ignore him? You invite him but you ignore him. <laughs> Koa right. literally should have the power to veto. And like that's just me speaking on a government level. If they are operating under the sense of protect this land, then the council in itself needs to recognize that if Krakoa rules something has to go a certain way in regards to who goes with the whole, that should be up to Krakoa because they literally need him to open it. <laughs> the whole has to open by his cognizance. Like maybe something in regards to like, you know, Solemn making fucking resurrection tools that are separate from everyone else's that's not up to Krakoa you can't decide to do that that's literally us that has literally nothing to do with you um but in terms of throwing someone into a hole when Krakoa was going she protected my life in a way that none of you really realized that actually needs to happen is important yeah and I really feel like that's crazy that you throw somebody in the hole for doing for actually like participating in one of your laws that you created, but she broke a law. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I just it's crazy. You know how white people do? They broke a law, but you wrote the fucking law, and you're the one interpreting how you're enforcing it. Right. 
I just think that like the whole thing is like contradicting, like protect this land, but don't kill humans, but humans are not respecting the land. So, and somebody whose powers are emphatically connected to the earth, you put her in a, like the, the law is contradicting. I will say this, I don't believe in murder. So like, it should just be like no murder across the board. Export shouldn't be allowed to be murdering people. Uh, but I feel like the other side too, just like need to protect this land. I think like murder, oh God, I hate to say this. Murder within self-defense is relevant. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> it's bad timing to even say that, but just like, if, if the mutants are protecting themselves from other humans, like, that is in self-defense. I receive that. But um, but I think the thing is, like, it's really tough because Krakoa is an open state to all mutants, good, bad, or indifferent. So... I think, I think, I think the, thing, the flaw I have with Sabretooth is Sabretooth's case is always the fact that the law was enacted after he did what he did. And we all know that Sabretooth has an ongoing series coming soon, an ongoing limited series. He has a series coming soon. I'm hoping that's discussed, but I, th- I, th- I, think, I think the law is kind of bullshit. I think it's like some people can kill, some people can't. And, 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 that, is, and, that, is, and that is the whole thing of a white supremacist state. But, you know... Because Arako has that same law, has that same protect this land law, and they their enforcement is, don't come over here starting no shit, and we won't start no shit with you. Really, that's what makes Arako's government a lot more solid. I feel like theirs is a lot more consistent. Just like you said, like you come over there on some puff shit, you finna get what you asked for. And then we're not going to throw you in a hole because, you know, you were defending Araka. Right. So, where, so Krako- uh, this whole don't kill nobody um, at all because they can't be resurrected. Who gives a fuck if they attack our goddamn island? What? And the thing also, too, that you would think the, the mutants would be much more progressive and be into abolition and would want to do much more rehabilitation for mutants who are violent. Um, because, like, you know, y'all letting Sinister roam wild and free, and I don't like that. Now, that's, that's a bitch. Because, like, because, like, like, with what with Sabretooth, you kind of know what side his crazy butted on, on the bread of his life. But with Sinister, that's a calculating motherfucker. You don't know what that bitch I just ripped my fucking jeans. God Love damn it. it. Love <sighs> it. Oh, my God. <laughs> For me, in regards to that whole fucking Mara- uh, Hellion situation, <laughs> For one, those of you who can't see, um, Henry just showed us, just showed us the exact grip in his jeans. <laughs> so, in regards to these mutants, um, one time I suggested that a lot of the mutants who compose the more violent aspect and spectrum of the Krakow mutants do not and should not really be pushed away from unifying with the Hellions. Not the Hellions, with Arako. What am I thinking? With Arako, because Arako represents that aspect in a very clean-cut manner. In regards to someone like Nature Girl, who's like, I can't do anything better. I can't do anything less. I have been taught by you to do this because it's the right thing to do. It brings up a respectability politics that frankly disgusts me with the X-Men. In regards to we can't hurt humans, they they don't know what they do. They're too weak for us. And 
on one level, I'm like, yeah, that's an understandable point. On the other hand, I'm like, they are literally coming to your island on repeat to kill you. And they're trying to figure out a way to stop you from resurrecting. Your point about being immortal and conquering death is not a real point because not all of you have it. It's not like you're like the Iraqi mutants and you're all immortals. It's not like you're eternals even where the right to resurrect is just a natural byproduct and an automatic thing. This is a this is a machine that you have to run yourselves and it requires you to exist for it to work. If anything, the King in Black has taught any of y'all, it should be that if these five mutants die, you have nothing left. Shit, if, you, if Egg dies, they're done. If Sink dies, you're done. <laughs> Hope, you're done. No, actually, no, just legit Sink, because Sink is the only one who can duplicate powers of the dead. You're on very simple land, behaving as if you've already crossed the finish line. And I know Xavier has initiative and intent to make it seem like he's crossed the finish line and to tell everyone that he has done so, but that's not the case, baby. You haven't. And someone like Nature Girl is an important mutant to have. That's why I'm happy it ended the way it ended with Nature Girl, because in truth, there should be no area or no exception to the idea that to be an X-Men or to do something quote-unquote that's worthy, you need to do something that pays attention to humans or mutant conflicts only. If this was an AI situation that had gone rogue, Xavier would be the first person to vote, yes, get rid of them. That looks like a master mold to me. Someone decimating the ecosystem of the Earth is important enough for you to look at it and go, if you know you're doing it and you refuse to change your mind, you need to be dealt with. And Krakoa and, uh, should have the final say-so on anything about defending it. What? They really should. And I also would think that they would take into consideration that there are mutants that are connected with the planet or with like with certain abilities that are connected with the planet and the ecosystem. And a lot of things like, you know, like pollution or whatever causes them pain. And then with, you know, them defending, you know, Krakoa, like, you know, Nature Girl was doing, I figured all of that would come into account. But that's where that contradiction comes in. Ooh, Storm at. Exactly, because she's another one that's connected to the ecosystem. Like, and if it Richter. was her, like, yeah, and Richter. So I'm like, if one of those characters were in the same predicament and they crossed that line, would the same rules apply to them or would you make an exception? Storm has been equal terrorist before. She's done it. (laughs) She does not play about this planet. I don't know. I feel like Krakoa being the home to mutants, and I think this is one of the things where I'm like, it is good and bad that all the mutants are consolidated to one place. The bad thing about living in a community like that is that not everyone should be applied under the same rules. Um, and the way of life on Krakoa does not fit everyone's sensibilities. Nature Girl definitely is a character, even though she's a mutant, I can argue that maybe potentially, potentially her being connected to the earth supersedes whatever situation is going on with her powers or being a mutant. Her role fundamentally cannot be on Krakoa. I agree that she should not be there because what they want 
from the council is politics. And what the truth of the matter is, the force of nature that is Nature Girl cannot be governed by a human politic like that, especially in defense of a thing that cannot defend itself. She's the swamp thing of this universe because the man thing doesn't want to do anything. He sits in his swamp and thinks a lot. That's it. He defends the nexus of reality. He sits in a swamp and thinks a lot. <laughs> That's it. He's a plant. He, he's, he's mute. What do you want him to do? You must sit in the swamp and think a lot. Krakoa's a plant, too. Wow, Krakoa has he be a fucked, line, man, a job. Man thing be fucking, though. Man thing be fucking. He's got boy thing, and then he's got Thoth, Toth, whatever the fuck that nigga, that icicle nigga uh, in Strange Academy. He's got kids. <laughs> well, I don't think Toth is his kid. I think, isn't Toth more like um, no, it's his kid. other... Oh, interesting. But yeah, I think when Storm finds out what the fuck they did, I'm really shattered to think about like the fact that this council room is composed of the most capitalistic of the mutant species. It's Emma Frost, who probably is polluting the Earth currently. Let's be real. Sis don't give a fuck about no kinds of pollution. You got Cypher there, only because Krakoa needs to speak. Magneto, who's so caught up in his race thing that he really doesn't ever think about the pollution of the Earth. Um, Xavier, billionaire. Like, there's no one really there. And I think that is the disgusting part of the Atlantic portion, to sit there and speak like, on Araco, I speak for the planet. I understand intimately that the planet does not regard human life as superior to the life of anything else. A human life is the same thing as the life of a caterpillar to the planet. And if a caterpillar is threatening all Krakoa, the caterpillar has to go. Ergo, Nature Girl saw a caterpillar polluting the ocean and said, get it out of here. Fair reasoning to me. That's all I have to say. They need to explore that, no, that second law of Krakoa. I do know that. It's not a strong law. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other insights or observations? I, I want this thing in book form because I want to be able to read this. <laughs> but I, but that's, that's all. That's the only thing I can I can say. I mean, it ended with saying X Men Green will return. I'm not sure that's a hint that they're going to be looking into an actual run, or this is going to be the future arc of an X Men Unlimited series. Um, but we'll see. All right. Well. Mm -hmm. Next week, we have, hopefully, what does it look like? The Trial of Joseph, Marauders, and Inferno, number three. Mm, no, it's New Mutants is next week, not Inferno. No, it is Inferno. We did, we did New Mutants earlier this month, right? No, we didn't have a New Mutants. Oh, yeah, we got to wrap up that fucking Shadow King stuff. I forgot that oh, was even they, happening, they, baby. They, oh, they, they switched them. Marvel really gets their shit together, bro. Like, this, cause I, I'm looking at the checklist. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Oh, Marvel. We have girl. Marauders 26, New Mutants number 23, Trial of Joseph number four, 
Um, and if anyone is continuing to read Phoenix Song Echo, I'm not getting. I'm not getting that second one. I'm done. Yeah, I think we gave it a little taste. We were a little bit yeah, curious to see what the girl was doing, and it wasn't doing that. Yeah, I'm about, I'm about to sell that out on eBay. They can take that back. I don't want it. It's fucking yeah, horrible. I'm probably gonna read it still because I'm the nosy nigga who likes. You want to see? Shit. You want to see how the fire chicken is getting down on on his rebound? Pretty much. Right. How are you going to tell a Phoenix story and don't have a muted mutant invited to the story at all? But I'm also curious about issues. this um this dream powered nigga. I hope he's a mutant because he's fine. Somnus? You bring out Somnus? No, not Somnus. There's a uh he's indigenous um and he's like helping Echo figure out her past through the Phoenix or some shit. I don't remember now. Um, but his power is to like, uh, like manifest in your dreams and some shit. I don't know. So manifest mirage? your history in your dreams. It's like Mirage. Mm, kind of like Mirage meets Shuri's like history of Wakanda power. It's weird. I mean, they like it. I love it, I guess. Um, don't forget to also check out The Death of Doctor Strange's tie-in for Spider-Man. Um, it's looking to be a good thing. The Death of Doctor Strange, we will say, and we have said, is shitting all over the trial of Jeremiah. Um, the girl just isn't giving what Doctor Strange's team is. Like, they gave us drama this week with how Clea came in. He's like, I can't believe... You who isn't you did this to me. I just found out you did it and I hate you and I miss you. It was Clea was giving, Clea was serving. It was giving the kind of grief in these issues of having lost someone that I'm really saying that I have not seen in these characters so far. I can't honestly say that anyone actually missed Wanda when she died. She could have stayed dead for all I give a fuck. Honestly, is she actually alive? I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, and I don't my, care. My background today is the scene from Avengers versus X-Men where Magic is standing there saying, on behalf of mutant kind, die and sending an army of Phoenix Claws to attack Wanda. That's how I feel about Wanda. She can stay dead. And like, I just, I just want this trial of Joseph to be over. I really do. I don't care anymore what's happening. I don't. Just wrap up, just hurry the fuck up. Like, just put her in the fucking ground or do whatever. Bring her back as a mutant if you want to. I don't care. Just, just make it end. Get it over with. I'm, I'm on the the death of Doctor Strange. They're going in. They had subterfuge. They had crisis. They have mythology. Who is the child? Who is the baby? We know now. It's a creepy ass shit. We're getting Clea, you know, coming back and looking cunt. That outfit, that costume, snatched beautiful i loved it that's how you wear a costume wanda um <laughs> it's just giving it's giving on all aspects yeah wong doing magic for the first time anyone who's reading that and does not know wong don't do spells he don't cast magic he punches niggas he's doing magic now i guess because they realize that it's way better they just have him doing it um they call that well, he's been doing magic since damnation yeah, he's been doing a lot of magic, but I want to say, in terms of him hopping into magical conflicts and casting spells 
and like actually pulling it off on a level that I saw here it's never really been like Wong's cake um, they never really talk about why he doesn't do magic there's a thing in one of the season ones where it was like well he was trained as a sorcerer but it was found that he just doesn't have the mystical inclination to study he prefers to be active and to be in the, like, you know, in the milk and grains boxing. And so that's why he doesn't do magic. But they never really talk about it in the comics. He was just a manservant. Um, wildly racist, but whatever. Um, they called out the X-Men. Tony Stark being a fucking hater said that the X-Men don't want to be involved or do anything about the mystical incursions. How about you save the day for your own? Why don't you do your own business? So you know, all those feelings mm-hmm. about Krakoa. Handle mm-hmm. it, Mr. Science Suit. Mm-hmm. With all your fucking gadgets. Make a suit to fight magic. What if we had a white Black Panther? Bitch. <laughs> Baby, all I know is if we sent Ileana to handle it, it would be handled. <laughs> That's all I know. We got we got Boku de magics. We have five potential sources of rings on this island. What magic, do you have in your company? Celine, Storm, those three alone. Then you've got Madeline Pryor. Then you've got um, the Braddocks, all 17 of them. All 52 Braddocks. All of them do magic. (laughs) Megan. Richter. Richter. Pixie. Sapna. Prodigy. Like, you got Apocalypse. Your pussy don't pop unless you're with the Krakoans. I don't know why you're talking shit, Tony Stark. Go to hell. But that's all I <laughs> my girls. There's magic users all over that fucking island. Magic really should be a major at the Gene Gray Institute. They don't have the institute no more. It's just the Academies. Yeah, the Academy the, X. The new mutants the are, te- are teaching them. Yeah. Excalibur really should get into the business of opening a magic school since Strange Academy don't want to invite mutants. Because they're racist. Because they're racist. Because school, school for mutants. The head of the missions is Wanda Maximoff, so you know they're not letting it fly. Doctor Strange and magic teaches away. there. Exactly, magic teaches there. There's no mutants there. That's the diversity higher if I ever seen one. Mm-hmm. It looks a little bad, Doctor Strange. Actually, you know, I know Jericho Drum wants to integrate the school. I'm not gonna blame my homie. That's my baby. I'm not gonna say it's Brother Ruby's fault. It's not. But that's all I have for right now. Any last news? Any updates? Nope, that's mm-hmm. it. Any uh, recommendations for any books? Jesus Christ, y'all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, y'all. <laughs> Read the magic order. That's all I got. The recommendations for this week. Um, the Hulk by Donny Cates. Very interesting take on the Hulk. Free Nubia is actually good. The artwork is ugly, but the re- but Man. the writing is good. It is. It is good. I ain't gonna talk about the Hulk though. <laughs> yeah, we just it's mad inconsistent, but it the story's good. Yeah, the story's good. Artwork is ugly. Oof, gown, beautiful gown. Oh, Black hey. Panther by John Ridley also. Listen, listen, listen. We will discuss Black Panther eventually. We're, I think we're a few more months before we get, you know, the return of our queen who graces the pages because mm-hmm. people can't leave their ex-wives alone. 
Um, <laughs> but that's all we have for right now. Thank you guys for stopping by. We love you. And don't forget to follow our new Twitter account at hello krka radio. That's on Twitter. You can see us. Send us any beautiful stuff. We love you. Thank you for stopping by. Bye, y'all. Yes. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.